Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray and I talk about Monday Night Raw from last night. Also, you're going to hear from the landlord of the House of Hardcore himself, Tommy Dreamer, to talk about Monday Night Raw. And we really get in to AJ and The Undertaker and what we're going to see from those two at WrestleMania 36. And then with the debut of Season 2 of Dark Side of the Ring tonight, we talk to David Benoit, son of Chris Benoit, on today's episode. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Tommy, how are you, man? I am wonderful. How about yourself, my friend? A little, I'm, I'm a little disappointed, and here's why. And I don't mean to put heat on my wife, but I'm going to. We had all planned out that you were going to come by uh, my house, and we were going to tape our show together, two hours of LaGreca and Dreamer for Wednesday edition of Busted Open. But because the times, the way they are, and my wife Violetta is a feeling a little under the weather, I didn't want to expose you. God, for, you know, it's we live in a different world now, Tommy. And I and, Absolutely. and, he, and here's the thing, like Violetta went out and bought pierogies. And not only did she buy pierogies, she also bought um, pretzels. Because she knows how much you like pretzels. She was going to make it a coffee and the pretzels and everything. Because of the world we live in right now, we weren't able to do it. But, man, I was looking forward to that. But I'm glad to have you here for a segment on Busted Open, Tommy. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. As always, I miss you guys. Miss Gabby, miss everybody. We all miss everything. But you know what? Wrestling keeps rolling on. So that's what we do. We roll on. We keep adapting. And we're going to get through this. We, we keep it rolling. And for those who are listening before we came on at 10 a.m. Eastern time, just before us, Tommy, was the death of the territories part one that show that you and I did. And and I know for myself being cooped up in a house, I've been watching a lot of the old territory wrestling the last couple of weeks. Myself, my pattern continues. I watch uh, All-Star Wrestling 1979. I watch one match, and then I go to Mid-Atlantic, then I go to Mid-South, then I go to World Class, and then uh, I don't know what else to do. I also watch uh, Tiger King on Netflix. Oh, my God, it's professional wrestling times a million. It's amazing. <laughs> as, we're, as we're doing this show, I'm watching Wahoo McDaniel against uh, Ravishing Rick Rude. 
uh, from Starcade with Paul Jones and Rick Rude's corner. Um, so, Ooh, so yeah, it's a really good one. From it's very good. Uh, so, Tommy, what was your take? I I started obviously talking about Monday Night Raw. I feel like the WWE is getting a lot more comfortable in this format with the empty venue at the Performance Center. What do you think? Absolutely, I thought it was uh, one of the best. Uh, Raws I've seen in a while, especially with this new uh, atmosphere. And if you want to go back to the territories, I want to say the biggest reason why is a lot of promos. And if you think about it, there's a big difference now where, and I always loved it and I hated it because I once was yelled at for it. Uh, men and women are looking into the camera and they're addressing the audience at home because a long, long time, in WWE, it was kind of taboo. You weren't allowed to do it. You weren't allowed to look into the camera to make your challenges to do anything like that. But it was a promo-heavy show. And man, I mean, from Paul Heyman to mm-hmm. Seth Rollins and closing with Randy Orton, they brought home you know, their challenges, their why they're fighting, and I loved it. I really did. Yeah, and I mentioned Paul Heyman, and Paul Heyman's one of the best ever on the microphone. And Randy Orton is doing the best mic work, I think, of his whole career right now. And I think last night was an example of it. And I'm glad you brought up Seth Rollins because I've been hard on Seth Rollins on the microphone because I said a lot of times there's a lack of emotion in his voice. And I think for me in this feud with Kevin Owens, I haven't, it hasn't really grabbed me until last night. And I thought Seth Rollins did a wonderful job on the microphone and has done a good sales job for that match for WrestleMania 36. Absolutely. And in any great villain's head, it's, they justify their actions of why they do the things. And Seth Rollins was a pure villain. And this time that we're going through really will separate the men from the boys and the performers to the future hall of famers. Um, because, you know, men and women here are just stepping up. Uh, there are some people who aren't stepping up and that's what I'm saying. It's going to separate them. I truly, truly, I do, man. I love it. And, and, you know, watching the, the physicality of the matches, the tag matches with, uh, Andrade, um, and uh, with Selena Vega, and that match was a physical, physical, long-ass tag team yeah. match, and I really enjoyed it. The It was a little distracting having uh, the Street Profits as the announcers, um, because I think they were talking and just talking for the sake of making noise, but besides that, you know, it, it, you're, you're truly going to see who can perform under any circumstance and really just captivate and hold your attention. And, you know, it was really, really good. I also enjoyed uh, the tag match with the two guys from NXT where they just, uh, you know, people are going to get their opportunity stuff. And I thought they did a great job against the street profits. Yeah. And I kind of like, and we saw with Alistair black, kind of like an old school squash match. And I like that too, because you need that to Hanson talent and, and to build up your performers and your characters, especially when you're this close to an event like WrestleMania 36. I thought 
I thought there was a lot of old school elements in Monday Night Raw. And we when we talk about Monday Night Raw, they they tend to do things their own way, the WWE. But I like the fact that it seems, especially last night, they're they're relying on some of the old school elements of pro wrestling. And I think it really showed. Well, it's what basically started professional wrestling. We harken back to the territories. If you look back at uh, you know, I've wrestled. I remember the first time I went to Memphis and went to that uh, famous studio. When I tell you, I had seen so much Memphis wrestling and I walked into the studio and I was like, this is it. Cause the building was so small and it was literally two rows of people. And it was benches, like benches that you'd eat at an old school uh, cafeteria in your high school. And they just put them two together long ways and they filled up with people. And sometimes you'd watch it. They didn't fill up with people. Georgia Championship Wrestling, they had what? One row? No, four rows back. They had nothing on either side. Same with Mid-Atlantic. They had just little bleachers. And, uh, you know, that was, you think about the amazing stuff that you've seen before. But, I mean, old WWF, when they used to work at Hamburg Fieldhouse, that, they, they were packed crowds. But, you know, any territorial always started off so super small and just that whole atmosphere it's working it's working for wwe it was beyond working for aew when they did their first show and they already have to adapt and change but man raw delivered and raw delivered in a big big way and i can't put it over enough uh and you know it's the only thing that's live on television right now which speaks such volumes for professional wrestling you know, you're so right. Like watching that, we talked about like NWA power and that nostalgic feel. And it brings you back to, you know, the, the late seventies and early eighties with studio wrestling. And it's so funny. And it's, it's, it's surreal in a way as well, that now everybody is working in that atmosphere, like the pyro and the big stages and the big crowds that they, they mean, they mean nothing right now. You can't hide it. And you're right. Like, those who have the talent are really going to shine and those who don't are going to be exposed. And it's times like this that you really see that talent shine. Like you made the list and you went right through what we saw last night. And it doesn't matter about the pyro or the chants or the catchphrases. It goes back to the bare bones. Are you talented? Can you speak on the microphone and can you wrestle? And it now shows that, you know what, no matter how you polish it up, that raw roster they can perform their job and they can do it at a high level. Absolutely. And, and so many, this is what you train to do from the first day you really started wrestling. Um, when I started, I'm having basically simulated matches probably about two months in, in front of no people. I train in Gleason's New York at a boxing gym and there's people literally sparring while all this is going on. No one cares about who this, you know, cool looking kid with a mullet man had a rocking mullet is putting on these little matches and everybody there i mean when i ran the development system there was people whose jobs were hired because of their performance and they went full blown from their gear to their entrance to having an entire match and this is what a lot of these wrestlers have been groomed for when they're working at the performance center And it was, it's refreshing to see because of how hard these men and women are working. The one thing I like to say, and I'm not, especially during this time, harking on the negative, 
you have to watch out when you're doing things because people's meant uh kind of like either i don't want to say real life mentality but people could be exposed as well as if you look at what happened between becky lynch and Shayna, um becky looked a bit like the heel for attacking Shayna for absolutely no reason Shayna didn't go after charlie caruso she didn't do she just was basically assaulted while sitting in a chair and there was no real set up before that and i understand she's the man but you don't want people to start cheering Shayna and booing becky and that goes to behind the scenes booking and if Shayna would have grabbed maybe uh the interviewer and threatened her more or acted like she was going to physically hurt her and then here comes becky would have been a little bit better but you just don't want people to be like wait a minute because obviously there, I understand you have an issue, but she really didn't do much to warrant to be attacked by a steel chair. You know what, Tommy? That's a really good point. And you mentioned the booze, and maybe they're taking liberties here because there isn't a live crowd. And you know, Bully and I talked a lot about how the crowd for Becky, it's it's not like it was a year ago at this time. And maybe they can do a little bit of different things because they don't have to worry about the crowd reaction. One and number two, you're right. They could have went a little bit in a different, you know, just a little bit like progressed it a little bit more like you when you just explained it, it sounded perfect. You know, Shayna Baszler was staring at Charlie Caruso and she made Charlie Caruso feel uncomfortable, but they they took they should have took it to the next level. You know, have like Shayna put her hands on Charlie Caruso a little bit and then you can understand the chair to the back as opposed to what they did last night. Just that little bit of physicality from Shayna would have gone a long way. And I understand that it's like you said, there, there's nobody there, but eventually there will be people there and you don't want as soon as the world gets back to normal to have Becky Lynch walk out there and all of a sudden people like boo, um, this can change at any time. So, you know, with, with how the world is going and you have to always look long haul because as much as I'm enjoying uh, this new atmosphere uh, in society and professional wrestling, like I said, it's eventually going to change. And then, you know, you have to get asses in seats and that's not just going to happen because, Oh, professional wrestling's back. It's going to happen because the men and women keep on working the way they do, but it's also up to creative to step up and say, and it always has been, here's my star. Now here's my future. And it's always, even though there's no asses in seats, but there will always be asses in seats. And that's how everyone is going to have to survive after all this, you know, stuff that's going on. And and the other thing, too, that I want to talk about with you, Tommy, is I hope and, and this is a tough time for everyone. People are working from home. Some people have lost their jobs because of everything that's going on. But at some point, things will get back to normal. And hopefully we will congregate and have 15, 20,000 people at, uh, at pro wrestling events again. Like we did, believe it or not, just a few weeks ago. Like it's amazing how us can just adjust so quickly because 
if you think about it, a month ago, we were going to events We we were watching these wrestling events in front of 15, 20,000 people and, and now in, in, in empty venues. So I hope everyone takes advantage of this time and still supports pro wrestling. If they can, you know, a lot of pro wrestlers are out of work. Please go and look at the merchandise they may have and help support some of these indie organizations that, you know, right now do not have any money coming in. And I know for you, Tommy, like you still have the house of hardcore podcast. So if people have the time and they haven't been able to do it yet, check out your podcast and, and also go to house of hardcore.net for merchandise and, and to find the background of, of your amazing organization. Yeah. It's, you know, this is way bigger than anything, but yes, it's, it's all support people that you love because we all got to get back on our feet and we will. Um, if you also, you want to talk about something different, you know, tonight impact wrestling, uh, we, we have taped about five more weeks of professional wrestling in front of a live audience. So we have that, uh, in the can. So it's new content. And then tonight, uh, the tales, the dark side of the ring after that airs, there's something called after dark, which is kind of like a talking dead that myself and Chavo Guerrero uh, are a big part of. And it's, we literally shot it from our house and um, on our computers and they're putting it on television instead of being in studio. Um, so we're watching television like every morning I'll turn on like ESPN sports center and you know, you have all these different hosts. If they're not in studio, they're basically, you know, doing it from the house, just like we're doing this show from the house. We adapt, we change, we move forward. We do that as a society. And uh, the, I cannot, I know you have him later with Brody. I cannot recommend enough uh, tonight's episode with uh, Chris Benoit, part one and part two on Vice. It really helped me out mentally because it was something that I had to deal with for a long, long time because I was friends with Chris. And uh, I hope everyone gets to watch it and maybe see what's going on in this man's head uh, because it was, it was really soul searching for me to watch. Tommy, you said uh, after dark is, is coming on right after uh, on vice, right after uh, dark side of the ring. Yep. All right, so make sure you tune into that. And as you said, Impact Wrestling still has a lot of weeks of shows in front of a live audience that they have taped so that you can watch that every single Tuesday on Access TV. And again, Tommy, you're going to join me tomorrow to get kind of your reaction from what we're going to see tonight as well, correct? Absolutely. All right, so I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tommy, thank you so much, man. I love you. Love you too, guys. I'll talk to you later. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. What's going on? What he got? How, yeah, how, how you doing over there? How you doing in the in, in the palatial uh, La Greca compound? Trying our best. I, I you know, it's 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 hard. As you know, um, my, the palatial La Greca estates are not like the, the Hall of Fame estates that you have. So it's a lot smaller. It's a lot con- more condensed. And there's a lot more people in the La Greca estate. So a lot of people stepping on top of one another. A lot of people, you know, you know, it's when when you're it's now two weeks. Tomorrow will be like when I left the city for the last time and now I've been doing the show from home. So 
you know, we're we're making the best of a bad situation. And I think you could say that about everybody right now. It's I was saying it to Tommy boy. It's amazing how people adapt. And just a few weeks ago, everybody was going to work and going to venues to see wrestling and going to restaurants and going out to lunch. And, and now here we are just in our home, just leaving for emergencies. And it looks like this is life for us, at least for the foreseeable future. I don't know how much of the foreseeable future, uh, if you're following what's going on out there, I, I don't know how much uh, much more people are going to be able to handle. I mean, I think the two-week thing is good. Do I believe a little bit more is necessary? Yes. I just don't know if, if America is going to be able to stay, you know, stay inside, especially in the Northeast and, you know, what's going on with businesses and things like that. I mean, you know, God bless busted open. You know, we can still do our show and, you know, do our business. A lot of other people out there are suffering. So hopefully this thing, uh, something happens. Uh, a lot, a lot of good, a uh, lot of good stories coming back with some of the medicines out there. So hopefully they go down that road. That yeah, road. Well, but, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll be praying and crossing our fingers and hoping that, that that's the case bully. But in the meantime, I think we're doing what we can appreciate you. Uh, you know, you're going to be on with me tomorrow. Tommy, doing a great job with you know calling in and doing segments and mark and stuff like that so i think we're doing the best we can some of the best of shows leading into our show so i think the nation has been really happy with uh, what we've been able to put together here bully what was the guy's name on wcw and he was always on the road and he would call in uh lee marshall well- yeah, that's Lee, right. Lee Marshall with the road report. That's Tommy. Tommy with the road report. Where in the world is Tommy Dreamer? He's not as difficult to find as Waldo is, but you, you get the point. And he's willing to go anywhere. And 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 unfortunately, we were hoping he was going to be able to come today uh, and us for the tape of show for tomorrow. But um, unfortunately, not going to be the case. Uh, Violet is a little bit under the weather and with everything that's going on, like you have to be cautious nowadays. It's crazy. I would love to have Tommy dreamer. Uh, Violetta made pierogies and actually bought pretzels for Tommy. But you know, the way things are, I think it's best that we just do over the phone and do the way we're going right now. Yeah, but imagine how you would feel if Tommy was in your house and he sneezed just one time. Because, you know, the, the, the blowhole of the great American whale can spew up to 27 Tom, feet. Stop it. Tommy's awesome. I'm, I love Tommy so much, man. Of course best. you do. You love everybody, right? How about yesterday? I, I had to go out to the grocery store, so I was very, very careful. And some dude sneezed. Oh, and boy. I'm ca- Everybody, everybody just turns and looks and it's like panic mode if somebody sneezes. And now it's almost like you feel bad for somebody if they sneeze because they know like they're public enemy number one at that moment. And it was just I I thought they were all going to pull out their, you know, guns and knives and, you know. Go batshit crazy on this guy. But anyway, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question for you. Question, question, question. Did you like Raw last night? I did. I thought it was a good show. Um, You said, and I started the show with this too, Bully. You said, especially at this time, you have to be patient with the shows and it's it, they're feeling their way through, and I I felt last night of all the WWE shows that they've been doing in the Performance Center in front of no audience that they finally felt a little bit comfortable in their shoes last night. What did you think? Well, what is the first thing that struck you about the show last night? 
Well, I actually mentioned this on social media that you said that they should kind of do that ring of honor camera angle. And they did do that last night on Raw. Made a world of difference, didn't it? It did. It really, really did. AEW borrowed the Ring of Honor shot that Ring of Honor has been doing forever, and then WWE was smart enough to borrow the shot. Also, uh, it, 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 it takes away from the fact that there's nobody there. Their screens look good. Their production looks good. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was definitely a good idea to do that. It was a great idea to open up the show with Heyman, Brock, and Drew, because if you're, you know, if you're tuning in, you know, those are people that are going to keep you on the station immediately. And I thought the show started off really well. I did, too. I, I, I wasn't crazy. Of, and again, this is a little thing, and it's it's maybe not even worth mentioning. I wish they would have put that triple threat match with Seth and Brock and Cena a little bit later in the show because Heyman had me hooked. Like, I'm in. And then they showed a match from five years ago, and it's kind of like... You know, it was a little bit maybe people that would channel surf because they've seen that match before or maybe even have gone back to the WWE Network and watched it because I thought they did a tremendous job, especially Heyman and the package with Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar to hook me. I thought it was a little too early in the show to go to a match from five years ago. And I agree with you so much. Uh, and this is not the WWE's uh, something bad that they did, because I'll tell you why they did it. But I agree with you, because I watched the opening promo with Heyman, Brock and Drew. And I was like, wow, that was really good. You know, and then we get the three way from the Rumble 15. And I got up and I took out the garbage. And it wasn't I wasn't trying to, you know, I'm not being disrespectful to Brock, Cena or, or Rollins. I I. I uh, I saw the match. I, I was yeah. actually at that rumble. That's the rumble where I, where I returned to the WWE. So I was like, all right, I get what they're doing here. So imagine if you're at home and you had never seen the WWE before and you're just channel surfing and you came upon a match between Brock, Cena, and Rollins in a full arena, Philadelphia, that was really loud and rocking. There's no sports on TV today, but you come across this. There's a good chance you're going to stay on the channel for this match, correct? Yes. And that's so why it's a balance, yeah. Yeah, and I and I think that they're doing a decent job with their balance because look at what we got last night. We got two huge matches. We got Brock Cena Rollins from the Rumble, and then we got Asuka and Charlotte from WrestleMania, correct? Yes, it was from yeah. uh, WrestleMania New Orleans, WrestleMania 34. So if you're if you're uh you know channel surfing as you say and you come up you, you know you see these matches you see arenas full of people are we seeing arenas full of people these days no no there's no baseball football blah 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 there's no mass gatherings so all of a sudden you're channel surfing and you see something on your tv with a mass gathering you don't even have to be a wrestling fan it's just a mass gathering during a time where no mass gatherings are allowed and you're like what the hell is this and all of a sudden you stick on the channel for a couple of minutes, and that's how they're using their matches from the past to reel people in today. Because I don't think either one of those um, 
matches helped tell any stories. I got my story with Brock, Heyman, and Drew during the promo segment. Seeing the, the, seeing the three-way match from the Rumble didn't help bring the Drew story forward. And then at the end of the show, uh, Oscar versus Charlotte, I don't, that didn't do anything to bring the, the story with Charlotte and Rhea forward. So they're using it in a subliminal way to draw new viewers to, you know, to the product. And, and in these, these times, it's a smart move. And, and we saw it this past weekend with them showing WrestleMania 30 on ESPN. It worked. It got people talking. Social media was crazy. It was trending at one point. So, like, to me, smart move by the WWE. For us, obviously, like you said, all right, that was that was your, your cue to go take out the trash because you've seen that match before, but you have to think about all the other people that don't tune in regularly that are now watching it because there's nothing else going on. There's no other live events. And you mentioned about the matches, and we saw those two matches, but the one match that they had at the Performance Center I thought was excellent. The Andrade, Angel Garza, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander match. Nice, lengthy match. I guess it was between 22 and 25 minutes, and that was a great, that was a, not only a great match, but they did a couple of different things. One, you mentioned earlier the camera angles. You know, you could have watched that match. And not even realize that there was a crowd or no crowd because of the camera angles that they used. And they had the Street Profits on commentary, which kind of filled it up a little bit. So you didn't get those echoes of an of a empty venue. Yes, shooting, uh, as we talked about a little earlier on, shooting it the way they did takes the edge off of knowing that there's no crowd there. Like I said uh, a couple of days ago on the show, that's the Ring of Honor shot. Ring of Honor would always shoot their hard camera from across the stage. So you saw their Tron, their stage, their lighting. And most of the time, it was it was because the arenas that they were in just didn't look that great if you shot it in a traditional hard camera way the other reason was sometimes they were in buildings that they just couldn't fill up they were in buildings that they should not have been in that were entirely too big and that they couldn't fill up so it just doesn't look right so putting the hard camera across from the stage you always got the action in the ring you always got the ring of honor logo in the background and it was easy on the eyes you weren't kind of just sitting there going oh there's nobody here or oh what look they're in an ice rink or oh look they're in an armory uh you, you were just focused on the wrestling last night uh you know it worked for aew and it worked for wwe so them borrowing the ring of honor camera shot what was a smart idea <laughs> so funny uh just digressing a little bit into ring of honor i was once again uh, it was, something was brought up to me about um um the ring of honor guys <laughs> ring of honor somebody needs to do a story or a documentary on how Ring of Honor has been the ultimate breeding ground for the WWE. You know, back in the day, it was, you know, uh, you know, Paul was take you know was getting paid off by Vince to run ECW and ECW is kind of like the minor leagues for the WWE. Ring of Honor actually is truly the breeding ground because so many of the guys that have come through those doors have gone on to huge things uh in in their careers within the WWE and I don't know if that speaks to the strength of the WWE or Maybe the deficiencies of Ring of Honor to keep around their, you know, their, their top stars. 
And that's what I was thinking too, Bully. Uh, when you see, you know, Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen, you know, talking to Seth Rollins, Tyler Black, right away I'm thinking, you know, this is Ring of Honor. And so much of Ring of Honor's talent has moved on to the WWE and are now going to be a part of WrestleMania 36. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM. No car required. Bully, we talked about the the matches and what we've seen at the Performance Center and how well that the talent has adapted to having no audience. One match that I think is actually going to benefit from not having an audience is, I guess, The Undertaker and AJ Styles. AJ Styles saying a a boneyard match what we're going to see at WrestleMania 36. This is obviously a match that we're not going to see at the Performance Center. We're gonna, This is going to be a wonky-type match at a, another location. What do you think about the Boneyard match, and what do you think we might see at WrestleMania 36? Ozzy Osbourne do a run-in in DDT, everybody. <laughs> Oz, let me tell you something. Ozzy ain't DDT at anybody right now. <laughs> Ozzy ain't well, running he, anywhere. Ozzie he's not running. <laughs> it's going to be a stroll, not a run. Uh, this could be what? one of those matches that are going to be. A, they're going to have to get really creative when it comes to this match. I'm assuming if it's a bone yard match, it might take place in a cemetery. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. Why a boneyard match, though? No, I, I have no fucking idea. I, I'm, I'm watching that. I'm watching that. And he's like, I challenge you to a boneyard match. And I'm like, what? And everybody and the, was like, what? And, 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 and you could tell the crowd just went completely <laughs> deafening silent. <laughs> because if there was a crowd, they would have went, <laughs> oh my god i i don't know why i i guess the different name they maybe they can say a first time ever I, have they ever had a boneyard match before is there a reason they called it a boneyard match and not a um you know well, what does he normally have a coffin match yeah, or whatever a, yeah like you know it's it there's there, when it comes to the undertaker there's been a lot of you know the, you know graveyard and uh, you know like you said you know, buried alive matches and everything else. Like we've seen all those types of matches when it comes to the undertaker in my 40 years of watching wrestling, I've never heard of a boneyard match. Now, maybe, maybe there'll be somebody, I'm sure there'll be somebody on Twitter bully that will say, wait, what are you talking about in 1980? And no, I I've never heard of a boneyard match. So I guess this is again, like the WWE getting a little creative, trying to have something original and, and attaching something original to WrestleMania 36. I'm sure they'll, uh, I mean, Hey, if you if you're if you're saying boneyard match, I'm thinking graveyard. Have the match in the graveyard. I could almost see takers, you know, AJ standing in the middle of the graveyard, all scared, like what's gonna happen? And then Taker, all of a sudden, his music hits in the graveyard because they're gonna have massive speakers in the graveyard pumping in Taker's uh, entrance music. And then he, they're all of a sudden, you know, like behind one of the. 
behind one of the mausoleums or behind a tree. There's the undertaker walking through the graveyard, stepping over the headstones, stepping on the bodies of people who died in the 1800s. Very spooky and eerie. And then they'll have a match in the graveyard. And then yes. the Undertaker will win and then throw AJ in an empty grave and bury him underneath the dirt. And they'll bury him alive. And then AJ will be back next week ready for his next angle. Yeah. And we'll be like, what happened? Or, you know, it's going to be something wonky like that. So after, after hearing what we heard last night, because think of the story leading into last night, Bully. We were talking about that. We are not going to see The Undertaker because things got really personal. Even the beginning of that promo from AJ last night, it was getting personal. And he actually showed, you know, where, you know, obviously um, the man, uh, is an animal lover. So him and his wife, you know, put out a video about that tiger and about that tiger finding a home. So things have gotten really personal to the point where we're saying, Hey, we're either going to see the man, Mark Holloway, or we're going to see the American badass. And, and even halfway through that promo, I'm thinking the same thing. Oh yeah. Bully's right. We're there. They're going, we're going to, we're going to see the American badass. And then it made a complete turn where, where there's no doubt in my mind that we're going to see the undertaker at WrestleMania 36. And I, I, I truly believe that they were on their way down the road of going with the American badass, but they had to pump the brakes and go in the opposite direction to do this type of gimmicky match because of the gun to their head that they have with WrestleMania and this whole COVID situation. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll most likely work out because if you can't have the American badass and his entrance and people going crazy and pumping their fists and having a great time, we might as well go with, you know, Undertaker in a graveyard. It'll work. Um, we, we know what it's going to be. And listen, it'll be fun. It'll, the match will be good. AJ will get buried. Literally and figuratively. Yes. And uh, <laughs> and everybody's going to have a great time. <laughs> but it's fun because, you know, with The Undertaker, you're used to those buried alive matches. And like everybody on social media last night is like the WWE is staying away from the term buried because that's can become like a negative term when it comes to pro wrestling about somebody being buried. So they're changing the name of that match because, you know, AJ's going to get buried and, you know, and everything else. I, I, is there truth to that? I, I doubt it. I just think that they want to have something original attached to this, you know, very different WrestleMania that we're going to see. Uh, 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 have a boneyard match. Did I hear them correctly? Uh, <laughs> Sharon, uh, sue them. Sue them for everything that they've got. <laughs> I guess like when he said boneyard, I'm like, what? Um, but I'm you sure know, your uh, bo- I'm sure your bone went right down when they said boneyard match. Yeah, that's a killer. That's a killer. <laughs> um, but here's the thing, bully. Like, I- I'm telling the fans now to prepare for what we're gonna see at WrestleMania because you're right. This is gonna be like a, a pre-produced, a lot of special effects and, you know, lighting. And it, 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 it this is going to be a pre-produced piece. This is, this is not going to be a match at all. So just enjoy it for, I guess, the campiness of what this Boneyard match is going to be at WrestleMania. Listen, we're all going to have to get through it together as professionals, as fans, as everything. We know that this is not the WrestleMania that we want. We know, definitely know it's not the WrestleMania that the WWE wants. But here is the situation. 
All right. If you have a gun to your head, you have to do whatever you possibly can do to make sure you get out of the situation. And that's it. So they're going to do their absolute best and be there, do the, the most creative things that they can do to keep us entertained for two days. Great. No problem. I'm on board. Uh, and I was thinking to myself last night, I'm like, oh, Dave's going to probably ask me if I'm excited for WrestleMania and, you know, WrestleMania is getting closer. Am I excited for WrestleMania? Not really, because it's hard to have the same level of excitement because I actually feel bad for these guys and girls. You know, I feel bad for a returning edge who his first WrestleMania back in, in, in 10 years has to be done in this fashion. I feel bad for the people. I feel bad for Drew. You know, man, yeah. Drew, Drew left this company and worked his way back up. And here he is. He's got Brock putting him over at every, every step of the way. And now, ah, man, it's just like, it's just this, it, like, the, like they said in the movie, full metal jacket it's a giant shit sandwich and we're all gonna have to take a bite the wwe has to take a bite fans have to take a bite we have to take a bite it is what it is am i excited no am i looking forward to it sure because i want to see how they handle this situation yeah and there's definitely a curiosity factor too it's like it's like asking somebody are you excited for christmas when you know you're not going to be home for christmas this is not what we're used to we're used to the big we're used to the big busted open party the the day before and everybody being in the same place and we're celebrating pro wrestling we always talk about it's not even about wrestlemania it's about everything surrounding wrestlemania all the indie shows and roh and WrestleCon and our party we're not going to get any of that so it's like, are we going to be watching it? It's it's almost like your favorite team didn't make the Super Bowl. Are you still going to watch the Super Bowl? Sure, but it's not going to have the same feeling because your team didn't win and make it. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Very happy to have on with us a uh, son of Chris Benoit, David Benoit joining us here on Busted Open. David, thanks for giving us the time today, my friend. Oh, you're very welcome. How are you guys doing today? We're we're doing good. And, you know, we've talked a lot about this and and I and obviously we'll we'll get to your side and I know how emotional this has been for you. And it's emotional for everyone, family, friends, and fans uh of your father, you know, watching this because for a long time, for over a decade. A lot of people didn't mention the name uh, Chris Benoit, so I, I know that this has had has to be a roller coaster and just a wave of emotion for you the last couple of days. Yeah, it definitely has been. Um, you know, when the, when they dropped the first season on, uh, yeah, first part on YouTube. There, you know, I was a little nervous. I, I was I was wishing for good reviews and stuff. So. Uh, it, it seems like the feedback so far on the piece has been, uh, you know, positive, you know, despite mm -hmm. the despite the situation, as we all know what, you know, we, we kind of know the end of the story. But I think people's eyes have been opened to the frame of mind that your dad was in at the time. Um, my question is more for you. 
Um, what's it like to be David Benoit in 2020? Uh, you know, I honestly, I still get trolled all, all the time on uh, Instagram or get rude comments and, uh, you know, I, I just block them and, you know, I just forget about it, but you know, it, it hurts a little bit. Does it hurt a little bit or I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be too harsh on you, but I, I would think that it has to hurt a lot because it's something that you can't really escape from, despite the fact that you're, you're your own man. And, and you got, you know, one of the things that I, that, you know, struck me was that that smile on your face during the whole, you know, um, doc part, one of the documentary, and you seem like a guy that just wants to enjoy his life. And it, it's just so difficult to get out of the, sh the shadow of what happened in the past. Yeah, man. You know, when we were filming it, you know, we were talking about all the good times. I was just smiling, having a great time. And then uh, when it came towards the end there, you know, I just, I broke. Uh, yeah, no, I started crying real hard. So, and then uh, Calvo and then Sandra came up and gave me a big hug during it. So, Yeah. <laughs> You, you know, David, like, I, I know that obviously this is bringing back a, a lot of emotions and, and Bully mentioned the smile on your face, but I, I'm sure at some points it's brought back some good memories as well with your family because they show, especially in this first hour of, you know, a lot of the good times too. And, and even though you've kind of, I'm sure in a lot of ways blocked out the bad, I'm sure while doing that, you blocked out some of the good memories and, and maybe hopefully that's brought back some good memories too. Well, it definitely has brought back some good memories. You know, I thought of things that I haven't thought about in a long time and it just it put a smile on my face. So that's all that matters. David, uh, how much has Chris Jericho, uh, what role has he played in your life uh, over the past couple of years or has played um, with the making of this documentary? Uh, he's played a big role in my life. Um, he's always been there for me. You know, uh, only two people that really been there for me were Chavo and Chris when the whole thing went down. You know, I didn't get no calls from anyone else. Not even uh, Vince McMahon called me after, you know, but uh, that's his decision. So uh, uh, for the documentary, though, it was all Chavo Guerrero, though. He got the ball rolling on that to get me on you said that uh well it's great i'm i'm very happy to hear that chris and chavo were by were by your side because obviously they were very close with chris um you could kind of tell in your voice when you, you talked about vince is getting a phone call from vince mcmahon something that you would have expected no well i well uh, what was his, who was the vice president of WWE Canada back then for the president? I forget his name, but they asked me who I wanted to talk to, and I said Vince McMahon just for like five minutes, you know, because I respected him and I looked up to him, you know. Would you I be willing to? Would you be willing to share with us what you wanted to say to Vince if you would have been able to have that phone call? You know, 
I really don't know what I would have said to him. You know, um, I, I don't know, man. I really don't know. Probably would have asked why or, you know, why didn't he just take time off after Eddie passed away or something like that, you know. I don't think he uh, handled it very well, I guess, in that situation. I don't you, know. You, you know, David, you mentioned that, like, you know, a lot of people didn't reach out to you. Chavo did. Chris Jericho did. You know, Bully and I were talking about it before you came on that for a lot of fans, uh, you know, and, and for pro wrestling, the community in general, they kind of just blocked it out. They, you know, they it was hard for them to face. So in that regards, they just decided to put up that wall and block it out. Do you think that's what a lot of your your dad's friends and colleagues decided to do as well. Like it was so hard and it was so an emotional time for them as well that they just decided, you know what, we're just going to move on from this and we're going to put up that wall and, and block it. Yeah, possibly. I, I could see that, you know, it was, it was hard for everyone, you know, he yeah. loved everyone in that locker room. You know, he went out there and gave it 120% every single night. It didn't matter if there was 10 people or a hundred thousand people in that, in that arena. You got the same guy every single night. You know, I, I know for you, David, and, and it shows in the documentary that you had a love for pro wrestling and a passion for pro wrestling. Um, did you stop watching? Did you fall out of love with wrestling? And, and do you watch wrestling now? Uh, yeah, I fell out of wrestling for a couple of years. I went back in 2011 to WWE for the first time. And I saw Vince for the first time too. So, you know, and then I felt, I didn't really watch it. I watched it for Natalia and Chris and some of the other guys like Kalisto, Sasha Banks. Uh, yeah, you know, and then I fell in love with AEW when I first went to their show of Double or Nothing in Vegas. I got lost in the moment with all the storytelling and everything was just good. It reminded me of the good old days. I'm sure with Chris being over there in AEW, they 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 made you feel very welcome and and it was a and it was a real positive wrestling environment for you to be in at the time. Correct? Yes, sir. Very positive. It's a different environment back there too. Can you describe the different environment for us? Uh, everyone's just so positive and they want to go out there and have the best matches and steal the show. And I, I don't really notice that with WWE anymore because all, all the women want to go out there and have the best matches and all the guys just don't want it. I don't know. I'm not hungry enough. Mm. Interesting. My opinion. Hey, no. And, and David, when, when you found out that, uh, Dark Side of the Ring was going to do this documentary and you heard about it and obviously you were a part of it. Um, did you have a lot of input in it? Was it something that you wanted them to do? I mean, what were your, th- what was your, what was going on in your head when you knew that they were going to do this? I heard it from, I heard about it from Dave Meltzer actually when he uh, leaked it and I said no <laughs> right away. David, you're not allowed to curse on the show. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You can't say Dave Meltzer. That's a curse. You can't. Nah, <laughs> stop that. Oh, I, I apologize. I apologize. Nah, we're only kidding. We're only kidding. We're only kidding. 
Yeah, no, uh, and then I found out Shava was uh, a big part of that show, so that's that's the big reason I did it. Was it was, was there a little bit of closure for you? Like, because you know, a lot of people like to use that that term where you know, you, you know, you're coming to grips with something. Like doing this documentary, being a part of it, speaking about your dad, the good and the bad. Was was it a little bit of closure for you? I let 13 years of just pain go away when I sat there in front of that camera. I let it all out, and I felt like a new man. And yeah, you know, I had yeah, I got to select everyone I wanted. So Dean, Chris, Vicky, those were the main people I picked. So. Oh, so they they kind of gave you the freedom to for you to pick out who you thought would be the best people to talk about your dad. Yeah, they definitely did. When when the documentary is done tonight, David, after we watch part two and we can put this all together, do you think people will have a different outlook or perspective on your dad? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, part two is, uh, it, it'll, it'll hit hard, you know, when I watched it before it came out, you know, it hit me hard. I didn't expect some things on there. So, you know, you have to tune in tonight to find out. When you say uh, that you didn't, okay. When you say that you didn't expect some of the things that were on there, what, did did they throw stuff in that they didn't run by you first, or is it things that you may have forgotten that had happened over over the course of history? Uh, they didn't run by things by me. That's did, one, and I didn't expect to see a couple of. Uh, you'll, you'll see tonight. I don't want to. No, I don't no, ruin that, it. that's fine. I'm just trying yeah. to get your emotion. Like when when you saw these things that they did not run by you, did that bother you at all? It bothered me a lot. You know, I didn't expect to see those pictures. I guess you could say. Okay. Wow. You know. Wow. Yeah. Oof. You know, and then uh, uh, his name's uh, Hugh. He's on. I think he's on the show. I didn't. I didn't want him on there, but you know. I, oh, I'm sorry. What was his name again? I think his name is Matthew. I think he wrote the book. Uh, he wrote a book about my dad. I forget what the name of it is. Oh, okay. they had him on. Okay, and they had him on there, and that was something that you weren't prepared for. Okay. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, like, Bully asked, like, when this is all said and done. So, you know. Are you falling back? You, you you mentioned you went to double or nothing with AEW and, and, and Evan Husney didn't want to give away the ending ending, but he did say there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel and it does have a little bit of a positive ending to what we're going to see tonight. Like, is that something that you want to get more involved in? Like, do, do, do you want to go to more shows or even do more of that in the world of pro wrestling? Yeah, definitely. There, there definitely is a light at the end of the tunnel at this end of this episode tonight. That's Aaron. Um, I love going to double or AEW. It's a great time. You know, I enjoy it. I sit there and just get lost in the moment. You know, I love being there and going to more shows would be awesome. So 
David, do you want to? Do you want to wrestle? Yes, I want to wrestle. I just don't know where to go, dude. I've been looking. Well, I'll tell you. uh, Listen, there are a couple of good schools left out there. If you ever wanted to train, you my doors are always open to you whether that's in uh kissimmee florida or up here in the northeast we me and devon have two schools doors are wide open for you. you you can train for free for your for as long as you need to so uh that's you know chris jericho is a good friend of mine and i know he he stood by you and i know how much you appreciate that and I have good memories of your dad, and if you ever needed anything uh, within the world of wrestling and training, I'd be more than happy to help you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. You know, I would like to get into the ring here after this uh, coronavirus goes away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Out. yeah. yeah. About a year and a half from now, you could start your training. Yeah. and and i also said to you too man i know i know that you you listen to busted open and you're a fan of the show you know you know we'd love to have you in studio one day as well so you know we're gonna we're gonna do our best to get you to get you to fall back in love with this profession that you were in love with at at one time so you're always welcome to come to our studios oh thank you guys i appreciate it truly do all right, I David. Enjoy well, shows. Yeah, thanks, man. I thanks. I appreciate. I know that I'm your favorite radio personality, so I appreciate that. Well, I know you're a big LaGreca fan. Absolutely. Yeah, baby. <laughs> All right, David. <laughs> David, thanks so much, brother. I appreciate it, man. I'll, I'll talk to you soon, and uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, obviously, we'll be watching uh, the documentary tonight, Dark Side of the Ring, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Vice and. And David, looking forward to uh, talking to you again, and and hopefully you'll take Bully up on that offer and and go train, man, because you uh, you you deserve to to fall back in love with this profession again. All right, thank you guys, I appreciate it. All right, take care, I David. Definitely will pick him up. Yeah, take care. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from nine a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel One Fifty Six. The Busted Open. Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.